0: Good morning, good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? If you will make your way back to your seats this morning. I just want to see if anybody had PTSD from last week. Everybody okay? All right, we're setting up a GoFundMe fund for any of you who need counseling uh, after last week. Uh, Thank you so, oh my gosh, thank you guys so much. Those of you who stayed, I don't know why you stayed, I would have left. I'm just telling you. But thank you so much for dealing with all that. The school wanted you to know. They apologize so much. We are back to handing out guides with notes, so the ushers are here. So if you're comfortable, if you're not comfortable, that's okay. But if you need one, raise your hand. They'll happy to bring one to you in the moment. But for those of you who are not comfortable, we also have on your phone, you can get on our website, cotlakes.com, and go to the tab that says e guide, and there's an e guide on here. So instead of doing the physical, if you'd rather do or if you're just a digital person, totally cool. Give on there real quick, and I want to invite you, if you're a first-time guest, welcome. We're really glad you're here. There's a place for you here to fill out that first-time guest form, uh, or you can do it on a Connect card inside there, either way, both ways. I want to walk through a couple of events real quick before I get into today's teaching. Can I tell you how excited I am about today's teaching? When you make a pastor sit in his office for two weeks, it comes out pretty good after that. I'm just telling you now, so um, get settled in. I got about four hours worth of notes. All right. Um, kidding. I won't go more than hour 50, maybe. Um, right now, media is a, a something for you. Life steps. Life steps. We did not do life steps because I was gone last week. By the way, um, my 14 days of quarantine was up on Thursday. So as everything would happen on Saturday, I got my negative results. So, um, so I'm, I'm no longer a leper. I'm clean. Um, it's all good. I can, you can shake my hand if you want to. But because of that, we're doing life steps today will be life step number one. So I really want to invite you, if you're new to uh, Church of the Lakes, life steps is a whole bunch of things wrapped into just a few weeks. Um, it is a way for understand our vision, our why we do what we do, how we do things, you to ask questions, understand that. But it's also a process we take people through because our goal is to find purpose, is to help you find the meaning and purpose that God has created you for. So we do kind of all of that within that process. So if you haven't been to Life Steps, I would love, today's a perfect day, it's Life Step 1. Join me, what you'll do is go out the auditorium here, go left down the hallway and there's a place called The Rock. That is a ministry that uh, our church helps start here in the school. So we'll be in the rock right after this. Promise you I won't keep you more than about maybe 45 minutes, hour max, um, and get you out of here so you can milk, still maybe beat a few Baptists to Oakwood. All right? So join us uh, for Life Steps if you haven't been through Life Steps. And then a couple other quick announcements. There is not youth group tonight. And the reason being is because it's July, and in July we do family game night. So any baseball fans in the house, anybody likes some baseball, tonight is wiffle ball night. Um, for, so for those of you who want to come to game night tonight, Lake Idemir Park is over on the other side of the pond. Lake Idemir is over Tavares' side. Look it up, Lake Idemir Park. They have this amazing special needs baseball field that is all rubber. It's a really cool field. The fence is only 117 feet, so it's perfect for wiffle ball. Uh, We rented it. They gave us permission to be out there, so we'll be out there tonight. So come join us for family game night. Be a part of wiffle ball. Um, I still want to see whether or not Marcus has enough power to hit one over the fence. Um, We'll see. So I'm going to pitch, and we'll see what he's got. Anyway, I'm talking trash. All right, I'm going to get into the Word. Pull out your notes. Let's get into uh, God's Word today. Really excited. This series, God really stirred me. Um, and for those of you who's first time here, uh, we're only on week two, so you haven't missed a ton, but you might want to go back and watch last week. Uh, because what God really stirred me in is, I don't know if some of you saw the post, but I actually saw it cause Judy Turner actually posted it. Judy, you're the one I saw it, but is this review of this year? Did y'all see this crazy post where it's like all the things that have happened this year? Like, think about this, like Bernie Sanders got out of the, uh, run out of, out of the, campaign in March. Doesn't that seem like like four years ago? You know what I'm talking about? Like, and so when you read through and you saw all the things that are going on in our world and the madness that has been 2020, it's it's mind boggling. Like it's it's mind boggling to think. and so as if life was not hard enough already. Come on, somebody. Right? Anybody any parents in the house? Everything's just perfect, right? Right? No, those little boogers don't come out with a manual. Right? Like, they're like half the time you're just looking at each other and going, are we creating a serial killer or what? I mean, come on. Like, like life is tough. And then 2020 comes and we've got all this craziness. Wear a mask, not wear a mask. Do I, blah, blah, blah. And, 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 and social media is so fantastic because it's a great place for us to all throw out our thoughts and ideas. Right? Because that's just so healthy. And, and, and the point being is, as if life wasn't hard enough to figure out what does it mean to do it right? What does it mean to win? What does it it really mean to win? And so I thought, you know, I really think God wants us to go back for a short time period and review what winning is from his perspective. all right? Not from our perspective and not from the world's perspective. So I have this profound thought. If you're taking notes, write this down. If you're not taking notes, write this down. I have this profound thought for you. Are you ready? Are you ready? Here's my profound thought. Winning is better than not winning. Come on, somebody. Anybody with me on that one? Winning is better than not winning. Anybody as competitive as I am? Come on, man. I I do not like to lose. I don't like to lose. Losing, winning is better than not winning. But how many of us, if we're honest, we do a really good job putting our face on and our mask on. And like, we're like, we walk into church. How you doing? I'm great. Blessed and highly favored. Right. And really what's going on inside is you're like, I'm just surviving here. If I'm honest, like I'm struggling with, with my marriage or I'm struggling with feeling like I'm adequate as, 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 a mom. Or I'm adequate as a dad. Or I'm, I'm, I feel, I, when I look in the mirror as a teenager, I struggle with what I look at and what I see. You know, I, I struggle with, am I doing everything? Am I living up to the potential that God has created in my life? Right? Come on, am I the only one that has these type of questions? And you know what the reality is? It doesn't matter how old you are. Come on, seniors. Back me up on this one. You, you could be 80 years old and still kind of going... I don't know if I'm fulfilling my purpose. I don't know what I'm doing. You know, seniors go through this crazy transition when they retire. Yeah, yeah I've run businesses and I've done this and all of a sudden I retire. And now what? I'm the king of the pickleball court? I mean, big deal. Right? Right? Like, what, is it, what does it mean to win? What, what does it mean to actually, like, be successful? Any, anybody anybody want to win? Anybody here want to win? Can I say this to you this morning? God wants you to win. God really wants you to win for some of you that's actually news because for some of you you've gotten in the mentality or the thought process that maybe God was against you and I need you to hear something God's not against he's for every single one of us scripture tells us when there's 99 great amazing holy people he will walk away from them to go find the jacked up heathen that's what the script. that's Mike, Mike's translation, but that's what it, scripture says, right? That the reality is, listen to me, that God is for you, but the catch, the catch is that God created the game of life, and most people are not winning because they're playing the game from a twisted perspective or from a twisted set of rules. Does that make sense? Anybody ever play the board game life? You know the board game life? You know what I'm talking about? You know the game, come on, you open it up, and if you're... If you're like over-exuberant with the spinner, it pops off. Come on, everybody's done it. You know what I'm talking about? Like that, that whole game. And, and, and you know, you're, you're, I'm always going to pick the college route. Because you want the doctor or the lawyer card. Right? You know what I'm talking about? Like, but, but what's amazing is if you open that up. And you just started playing the game and you don't read the rules. If you just start using the cards for random things and all this kind of stuff, how do you know if you really win? How, how, do, you, how do you know what that means? Unless you go back to what the, the rules say, what the creator of the game intended for the game to look Now, Now, the interesting thing is, how do you win in the board game of life? How do you win? Huh? Having the most money, the most money when you retire. Like, that's the whole, that's the point of the board game. <clears throat> Excuse me, that's not Corona. Right? Like... That, that it's not. It's, listen, the, the the point is is to is, is is to end up with the most money. And you know what? In a lot of ways, if we're really honest, culturally, that's really what the game of life is saying to us. It's really about a four hundred one k, and it's really about security and retirement, and it's really about all these. Like, if I've got all those things in order, well, then then I'm winning. And what I want to say to you today is we've got to look back and say, what is it that God has said? Because there's actually a way to live life in the way God created it, and then there's twisted ways. Let me prove it to you this way. We launched this church based off of a verse. It's John ten ten. It says this the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The thief, who's the thief? The thief is the devil, is the enemy of your soul. You have an enemy. You have somebody who wants you to lose. Right, But you know what the Bible says about him is that he's a deceiver. In other words, he's a really good liar. Right. So what is he trying to do? He's trying to deceive us. How is he going to kill, steal, and destroy? How is he going to kill our dreams, steal our hopes, destroy our lives? How is he going to do that? He's, he doesn't have to mess up the game totally. He just has to get you living the game and living life in such a way where the rules are just a little bit off. So that you actually don't get to the win that was intended by the creator. Does that make sense to anybody? And so the verse goes on and Jesus, but I have come that you might have life. In other words, God says to you, Hey, I want you to win. I want you to win. But the way for us to win is to figure out the way the creator created the game of life to go. And then for us to live in it and walk in it. Now, what's hard about that is, of course, the majority of the world is living by this twisted, worldly view. And so it looks, here's the word, normal. Right? It looks normal. This, this is what looks like is supposed to happen. This is, looks like the way it's supposed to be and what's amazing is every time you read the word every time you read God's story and you start to read his instruction book you begin to understand that that actually it's completely opposite of what he said so last week what he said this we said winning was to serve when the world would say to you this listen to me winning is to get to a place where you are served think it through climb the ladder at work So you can get a secretary and you can get a team and you can get people around you to do what? To serve you in what you're trying to accomplish. Like our whole system and our culture around us is set up to raise yourself up to where you get served. When Jesus says to us, the upside down kingdom, the opposite, the real win is to be a servant. And if you could hear any of the teaching last week. What we talked about was him washing the disciples' feet, right? He said, let me give you an example. Let me show you what that looks like. So we asked this question, like this question, what is a win? What is a win? What is a win from God's perspective? So I want to read you a different story today where Jesus is actually going to answer this question for us and help frame our minds a little bit differently in the way that we look at winning. Okay, so some religious leaders of the time, they are trying to trap Jesus. They're trying to mess with him. They're trying to manipulate everything that he's teaching and everything that, because everything he says seems opposite to what they're doing, which is exactly what we're talking about. This ongoing battle of the thief trying to steal, kill, and destroy our lives while God wants us to win and have life and life to the full. And there's this continual battle. Does anybody else feel that battle? Do you feel that battle within yourself? Come on. You do what you don't want to do. And you don't do what you want to do. Come on, you ate, you know what you ate yesterday. Like you want to look like the body in the magazine until your car just has this magnet pulling you into McDonald's cause you need some French fries. Like we know it when it, there's this battle that's going on inside of us that we've got to figure out what it means to win. So, so they come to him and they ask this question. Okay, okay, okay. And here's what's amazing about this story. The religious leaders go and get a guy from Morgan and Morgan. They go get a lawyer. That's what they do. The scripture, read it. When, when, you, when you go read it for yourself, they actually go get a lawyer. And they're like, all right, we need you because you guys are really good at twisting words. And you guys are really good at manipulating. And just, We need you to come up with a question. And that question, we want it to trap Jesus. Here's the question he comes up with, Matthew 22 and 37. And he said to him, oh, I, I, let me tell you the question. He says the question. He says, okay, I got it. Let's go over. So they walk over to Jesus and they say this. Hey, Jesus, you've taught a whole bunch of stuff, but what is the greatest commandment? And the lawyer's thinking, if he says this, I can bring up something else. If he says that, I can bring up something else. Like he's, he's figuring he's going to trap him. And he says, what is, uh, if you boiled it all down, if you, if you took all the commandments. And so I would say it this way. What is a win? Jesus says this, he said to him, you shall love your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. This is the greatest and first... This, this is what it's going to... But then Jesus says, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. Before you go any further, there's a little bit more to that that I need to add to it. He says, he says and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So what he says here, the bottom line... Winning to Jesus is loving. What is the most important commandment that God has given? Love. And we all go, okay, cool, got that. There's a problem. Do you know what the problem is? The problem is the definition of love. What is love? What? There you go, Kayla sang it for me. Listen, listen. Listen to the listen to the words there. Listen to the words there. What is love? Baby don't hurt me, baby don't hurt me. Think that through. Are we confused at the definition of love? And the answer is absolutely. Let me prove it to you. I I love my dog. Some of you have met Yeti, my dog. He's a big old white dog. Leaves little Yetis everywhere. He's just a shedding monster, right? I love my dog. Um I love steak. Anybody else love steak? Come on, somebody, a really good steak. you like a good steak. Um, I like, oh, I love cheese grits. Anybody love cheese grits? That's, that's, see, oh, that's my people right there, <laughs> right? When I was in Africa as a missionary, no joke, we had been there for eight months eating couscous and vegetables every day. Can I tell you what I hate? Couscous and vegetables. Um, so. So we're sitting there one week before we're coming back to the States and we're going around the circle and everybody, and, it, and it's, Hey, what are you going to eat? What's the first thing you're going to eat when you get back? You know, different people, different things, steak, dude, I'm going to eat a Big Mac, you know, whatever. So they got to me, they're like, Mike, what are you going to, first thing you're going to eat? I was like, blackened fish and cheese grits. Woo. Come on, somebody. I felt, I felt the Holy Spirit just saying that right now. Come on. Right. I, I love cheese grits. I, I love my truck. Right. I love my wife. That's what I'm talking about. Now, you know what the problem is, is I just used the same word, but I just meant different things. Didn't I? Do I love my wife like I love cheese grits? Or a different illustration. <laughs> no, but in all reality, like, do I love my dog like I like a, like a, do I love my dog like I love a steak? No. Here's the problem. In the English language, we have one word love. In the Greek language, which the Bible was written in, there were multiple words. And they meant different things. So for us to understand what God is saying to us here, we actually have to understand the original language and what Jesus is saying. Here's what I mean. One of the Greek words is phileo. Phileo is where we get the word Philadelphia. Right? Okay? Got the nectar lines. are from Philadelphia. Right? So Philadelphia, what is it? It's the city of? That's the kind of love that phileo is. It's brotherly love. In other words, when I walk over and I see Brandon, I'm like, man, love you, man. Right? Brandon's like, whoa, back up. No, he doesn't feel that. Right? Because it's not like that. Because you want to know why? Because a different type of love is eros. It's where we would get the word erotic. I'll leave that one there. That's a different teaching for a different day. But the point is, is that I have different types of love. There are different ideas of love. And what I want you to understand is what Jesus is saying in this particular passage in the kind of love that he's talking about. Because when he says, I want you to love God and I want you to love people, he uses the Greek word agapeo. We just say agape. But it's agapeo is it the original Greek. And here's what it means. Actually, I found this commentary and I couldn't say it any better. So I just want to read it. I'll put it up here for you. Okay. Biblical agape love. Boy, that's all running together like crazy. Biblical agape love is the love of choice. Choice. Somebody say choice. Choice. It's the love of choice. The love of serving with, say humility. Humility. The highest kind of love. The noblest kind of devotion. The love of the What? Will, what's the will? That's the place where we make choices, right? Do you hear? This is a choice. This is a willful choice. Are you catching on? And he goes on here to say this intentional, a conscious choice and not motivated by superficial appearance, emotional attraction, or sentimental relationship. Goes on. Agape is not based on pleasant emotions or good feelings that might result from a physical attraction. Listen to me. So when you look at someone and you're a teenager and you go, I love you, man. And she's like, I love you too. You get off phone post. No, you get off phone post. Listen to me, that is not agape. Are you hearing me? Those are feelings. That's a different type of emotion. That's a different type of understanding. When, when we say, I love you, it's a real struggle in the English language because we really don't have the ability, unless we explain it, to say what we really are feeling behind those emotions. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because there can be a point when you look across the hallway somewhere, come on, singles. You look across the hallway and it's like, mmm, burn chicka down now, right? Okay? And you're like, mmm, I love you. Listen to me, that's different than what we're talking about here. So see, do you see the struggle? The struggle is we say, I love cheese grits and I love cheesecake and I love steak and I love my dog and I love my wife. And the problem is, is those are all different types of love. So for us to understand what God's saying, we've got to grasp this. Agape is not based on pleasant emotion or good feelings that might result from a physical attraction or a familial bond. Agape chooses, somebody say chooses, chooses. Agape chooses as an act of self-sacrifice. Did you catch that? The kind of love that God is talking about here is sacrificial. What does that mean? That means it costs me. That means I have to give something up for it. Do, 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 you, do you catch that? It's sacrificial love. That's different than ooey gooey feelings. That's different than the Velcro stage. You know the Velcro stage? When you like can't stop touching each other. And you're sitting in church and your knees are touching. You know what I'm talking about? Listen to me, nothing wrong with the beginning of those things. That's how some relationships start, but I need you to hear something. That's not agapeo. Agapeo, the love that God is talking about here is self-sacrificing to serve the recipient. Do you see that? An act of self-sacrifice to serve this recipient. From all of the descriptions of agape love, it is clear that true agape love is a sure mark of salvation. What does that mean? What that means? That means unless you have received the forgiveness of God through Jesus Christ and the cross, then you yourself have not received agape love. You don't have the ability to give agape love because you can't give what you don't have. This is why, let me preach for you just a second, teenagers, young people, singles. This is why we talk about making sure that a relationship is based on God and it's focused on a vision for what God has for you. Because you can't love each other the way God intended for you to love each other unless it is God centered. Unless it is based on your salvation, their salvation, the purpose that God has for each of your lives and that it's pointing in the same direction. That's what makes for great marriage. Does that make sense to everybody? This is this is the kind of love that God is talking about, that Jesus is talking about. Galatians 5 and 6, look at this. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Faith expressing itself through love. How do you win? How do you win at the game of life? Agapeo. Jesus says, self-sacrificing love. Self-sacrificing love Love. Now let's look back at Jesus' response because I want to really dive into this a little bit this morning. I'm gonna get heavy on the teaching. I hope that's all right. For some of you that like stuff a little bit deeper, that's kind of where we're going today. Um, and and, and then I'll get a little bit practical at the end before we close. All right, so let's look back at Matthew twenty-two and thirty-seven. And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your who? God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the greatest in the first commandment, and the second is like it, you shall love your who? Neighbor as your self, okay. So what we see here is okay. I need to love God, and I need to love people. Yes, everybody seeing that. I need to love God, and I need to love people. And most of us in the Christian church today in the United States, we go, okay, this is what I do. I got, I got to love God, and I got to love people. I gotta, I gotta figure out how to love God. And so I'm gonna come to church, and maybe raising my hands means I love Him. Maybe getting in His Word means I love Him. Um, maybe maybe um, doing all the right things—I'm gonna try to follow His commands and all that. And then, and then, well, now I gotta try to love people. Oh Lord Jesus, I gotta love people, even the people driving the left lane. And do you know why? Listen, do you know why we struggle so much with agape love? Do you know why we struggle with this reality of loving God and loving people? It's because there's a third part to this that we're not paying attention to. I made you say three people who are involved. God, others, and self. Self, listen to me. You have to love agape, self-sacrificially, yourself. That is the majority of our issues with agape love. It's the reality of when we look in the mirror, do we love ourselves? Or do we find ourselves struggling to love God and to love people because we've never learned how to love ourselves? You ever been on a flight? How many of you guys have flown? Flown on a plane? Right? What happens when they start the whole thing? The lady gets up there, or the guy gets up there, and they've got the buckle and they show you how to they do the whole safety thing and here's how you release it, right? And then the lady holds the little thing and the oxygen's gonna pop out of the ceiling, right? And what do they tell you to do with the mask and when it pops out of the ceiling? Put it on yourself first. Why? Well, real simply, because dead people can't help other people. Right? They tell you that. They say, "Put the, even if you're with a child, what do they say? Put the mask on you first. Why? Because you need oxygen to operate. Listen to me. You can't love other people or God till you learn to love you and who God created you to be. And so many of us are struggling when we look into the mirror. And so here's what happens. Here's what happens. You can love God and you can love people, but not love yourself. And you know what you don't have? Listen to me. You lack identity. You lack identity. In other words, because I don't love myself, what happens with my love for God and my love for people is it turns into performance based. Because if I do enough, maybe God will like me because I don't like me. Because I don't, I don't love me. And so if I show up at church enough times and if I do enough things and you know what eventually happens with that person, they leave the church. They walk away from the church because they get to the point of frustration where they go, this is not working. Like I'm doing everything and I'm serving and I was, I was talking with a guy just two days ago and this was his story. Just two days ago, I thought, God, you gave me this illustration. And he said, we served, we did this, we were there every Wednesday night, this kind of thing. And he said, now we're just, we're not there anymore. And the more I talk, the more I can just see this illustration and understand this guy's struggling with liking himself or loving himself or understanding that he's created in the angel of God a masterpiece created perfectly and wonderful with purpose. Like that's what the word says about us. And then when we go to have a relationship with other people, we, we, we lack identity. We, we lack a, 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 a reason to do other than just trying to get them to like me. So let's talk through the compromise that happens in singleness. Come on, singles. When we compromise our boundaries, when we compromise, and why are we doing that? Because we don't like ourselves. We're trying to get someone to like us. We're trying to get someone else to fill that hole. And guess what? Other people cannot fill the hole that you lack for your view of yourself. Is that are you, are you following me? And so when we only love God, when we only try to serve God and do things for God and for people, we lack identity and the whole idea of this agape love that God is trying to get us to participate in just gets kind of jacked up. Now there are people who love people and they love themselves, but they don't love God. And here's what happens. They like power. They like power. In other words, you can live a life of philanthropy. You can be philanthropic. What does that mean? You can be Bill Gates. You can give millions and millions of dollars away. Are you hearing me? You can do good. But the reality is it lacks power. Why? Because, catch this justice without Jesus is no justice. I'm going to say that again justice without Jesus is not justice. Because the creator of the game created life to go in a certain way. And so if we don't serve someone with the idea of trying to get them to understand who Jesus is. So that they might win at life. That's the goal. We're trying to help them win. So we hand somebody something. Or we give somebody some money. Or we serve somebody in some way. But then we never have the opportunity to bring Jesus to them. What did we do? Here's what we did. We just elongated their suffering. We just gave them a little, a band-aid on a a hemorrhaging artery. It's going to make them feel good for a short amount of time, but it's not going to give them, listen to me, what they really need. Are you hearing me? And so we lack power because we don't have the Holy Spirit behind what we're doing. And so we've got to have the realization of, of God in that. And then there's others, and maybe this is you, that would love God and love people. Or, no, love God and love themselves, and I don't know about people. A lot of of these people love their animals more than they love people. Come on now. Come on, I've gotten to the point where I'm so bitter. I'm so tired of being hurt, right? I've been screwed over so many times. Did he just say that? I did. That I'm hard, that I'm calloused, right? And you know what happens to those people? Look at this they lack purpose. Because do you know what your purpose is? You were left here for other people. That's the reason you're here. The reason you're here is to serve other people. Otherwise, when we all got saved, we'd just get zapped right on up in heaven. Right? We, I mean, would that be awesome? I, I think that would be killer. Like, I get this picture of a very large, one of those bank suction things. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? I'd, it'd be fun to try it at least once. Come on, somebody, right? Sorry, that's the youth pastor in me. But but reality, listen, listen. We we, we, we we miss purpose. We miss the reality. Listen, you're not sitting here this morning for you. you. You may have thought that you came here for you. You may have thought that you came here for some particular reason that I just need to hear from God or I just, and, and I need you to hear something. You came here this morning for the person sitting next to you. You came here this morning for the other people that you're going to deal with. And it's so funny because we don't have that mentality and then we're the one in the parking lot like come, come, come. because you're in my way because I lack listen to me purpose so for those listen to me that you're going in your life i I don't know i I don't i don't know what my purpose is i'm struggling with with meaning and purpose and what it is that god's called me to do i need you to see that this morning and hear that that god has put you here to serve other people now you can't listen to me you can't love god and you can't love people and you can't love yourself unless you have all three Like the sweet spot is right there in the middle. That big white spot, that sweet spot, that's agape. That's the place where we learn a true self-sacrificing love. Where we go, you know what, God? My life is yours. I give it you. What do you want me to do? I'll walk away from it all right now if you tell me to do something different. It's when we get up in the morning and our first thought is, listen to me. What can I do to make, put value into someone else's life today? Not what can I gain. Not what money can I make. Listen to me. You got to make money. You got to pay your bills. But don't let that take you away from your purpose. When your purpose is wrapped up in other people. Are you hearing me? But none of that works until you look in the mirror and you read the verse out of Genesis that we're gonna read in Life Steps in just a little bit, that says this, God created them male and female. He created them in His image. Let me ask you a question, church person. Let me talk to the churchy people. Been in church for a while? You probably have heard that verse a million times. People are created in His image. And you've always looked at it from the standpoint of, okay, that's the way I'm supposed to look at other people. I'm supposed to think, okay, they were created in God's image even though they're riding in the left lane, they're created in God's image. Even that jerk at work, come on, is created in God's image. And five minutes later, you're honking your horn to the person in the left lane. And maybe you're like, really a good Christian, you're telling them they're number one. Why? Listen, why? Why? Why do we lose it like that? Why do we so quickly go from that place to the other place? And here's why. Because we've never looked in the, in the mirror and said, you are created in the image of God. I, I dare you. I dare you to look in the mirror and go, you are created in the image of God. You are created with a purpose, with meaning. I dare you to find something to do that reality. Now, let me get practical for just a moment because that's kind of some heavy teaching. And I always like to give you stuff that you can go home and put into practice, like right away, right now, right? Something that we can actually do that that I understand I can put my teeth around. So how do we do that? Pastor Mike, I get the concept. I understand the concept. But come on, how many of us know I could stop right there. We could sing a little song pray a prayer, I can send you out and we'll all go right back to doing what we were doing before, right? And we'll all have the same struggles that we had before to do this thing and this idea, this concept called agape love. So let me give you three very simple things, very simple things, practical things that I think that you can do this week that'll help you to love God, love people and to love yourself. You ready? Does that make sense? Let me give you three things. Number one, Love God. What are we going to do? Love God. The worship team is going to come now because we've got we to worship. We've to what, worship. What, what does that mean? What does that mean to worship? Psalm 150 and 6 says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. In other words, I need to worship. What does it look like for me to worship? Now, I'm about to say something, and for the most part, the men in here are going to be like, mm, I don't know about all that. But listen to me. You need to find a space where you can turn a worship song on and sit there and sing to God. You need to find a space that you carve out some time. You know why? Because when you carve that time out, you say, God, you're more important than anything else that I could be doing right now. That's worship. You have to... Put that into practice. You have to physically do something that's going to begin to change the way you think and the habits that you have. We watched this amazing TED Talk uh, when my girls were doing speech and debate. And this girl did this TED Talk on power posing. Anybody ever heard of this? Power posing. And what she did is there's actual scientific study on this that says what happens with people is that their body will convince their mind of things. In other words, when somebody is waiting for a job interview, picture in your mind a lobby full of people waiting to go in for a job interview. Let me ask you, what do their bodies look like? What are their postures? There may be somebody who's like this, who's kind of walking, right? There might be somebody in a chair, and they're in a the chair, and they're all kind of hunched over and all this kind of stuff. Let me ask you, what is their body telling their mind? That's what her whole TED Talk was on. And she said, so what happens is your body is telling your mind, this is a mess, you're going to blow this, it's not going to be here. So they actually came up with this concept called power posing. And I used to make my girls, when we were going to speech and debate, right before they would go in to compete, right outside in the hallway, you power pose. Some kind of pose that your body says, I have got this, I'm in charge here. So literally we would stand in the hallway like this. I dare you to try it. Even right now, I kind of feel powerful. I'm, just, I'm not going to lie to you. Listen to me. There is something to the reality of you physically doing something that will tell your mind to follow. So what did it say about agape? It's not about feelings. Listen to me. It's about ch- choice. Do you remember I made you say that word? Choosing. I don't, does anybody ever wake up in the morning and go, oh my gosh, I want sing to sing a love song to God right now. Very seldom does anybody do that, right? There there are some really holy people out there that maybe do that, but I'm not one of those. Can I tell you that? Come on, maybe you are, but I'm not. I wake up going, oh, I gotta do this and I gotta do that and did I take care of this? And my brain's going, come on. And so you have to choose, we have to make that choice to love God, to actually worship in that whole process. All right, how are we gonna love people? How are we going to love people practically? So, so number one is you got to find some time to worship. you got to find some time that you put away from God, right? Listen to me. Turn the crap off the radio and put something worshipful on on your commute. It'll, it, it'll change your mindset. It'll change. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So that's one thing we can do this week to begin to love God and to put that in a healthy place. Number two, loving people. How do we love people? How do we love people? How do we love people? anybody get mad at anybody this week? Yep, I did. Marcus, you got mad at anybody this week? Yep. Yeah. Any of y'all get mad at anybody this week? <laughs> then why are y'all leading worship, you heathens? No, no. Most of us got mad at somebody this week. How am I going to practically love people? How, how am I going to do that reality? Listen to me. Here you go. You don't have to feel it. Are you hearing me? You don't even have to want to. I'm not telling you to want to love them. Here's what I'm going to tell you to do. Listen, pray for them. Really, really tough to pray for someone and curse them at the same time. Do you hear me? Now you got to pray blessings. Come on, somebody. Don't pray they get bed bugs. Don't, don't, don't pray that, well, God, just get their mind right because they're stupid. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking praying blessings upon them. I've got a few people that I regularly, I pray blessings over. Because I know Mike. And if I don't pray blessings, guess what I'm going to do? Whether I say it or not in my head, I'm going to be talking curses. Right? If they just get their crap together, they would just, I meet mean, come on y'all, life would be so much easier if everybody just think like me. Right? This idea of common sense. That's a dumb idea, by the way. There's no such thing as common sense. Because your common sense, to me, is dumb. No. We're going to pray for people. I dare you this week. I dare you. In an effort to do what Jesus said, to win at life. I want to win at life. To win at life is to agape love. To agape love, I need to worship God. I need to set some time aside to show worship to Him. Number two this week, I'm going to pray for others. Specifically, I'm going to pray for my enemies. I'm going to pray for people that have wronged me. I'm going to pray for people that I'm mad at. And I'm going to pray blessings into their life. You can do it through clenched teeth. Oh God, bless them. Just do it. Just do it. Why? Because remember what agape was. It's a choice, not a feeling. It's a choice, not a feeling. Last one, and then we're going to worship close today. You gotta love yourself. Anybody else struggle with that? If you're honest, do you struggle with that? I do. I can't even lie to you. I, I I completely do. I get up here and I tell jokes and laugh, and you may look at me and go, Pastor oh, Mike, man, it looks like his life's just like going in the right direction. I'm just as jacked up as you guys are. I look in the mirror and go, oh, come on somebody. And the older you get, where do all these wrinkles come from? Come on, I cut all my hair off and my thought was, I hope it comes back, right? We look in the mirror and we say all kinds of different words to ourselves and things to ourselves that are so not true. They're not true. We're comparing ourselves to a world that has lost its mind. Come on, ladies, you're comparing yourself to a girl that got airbrushed. She don't look that good. She don't look that good. That's airbrush. I promise you see her in the morning, you'd be like, ah! I promise. Come on, everybody got dragon breath in the morning. But see, we're comparing ourselves, right, in, in unhealthy ways. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? We're, we're compared. So you need, how are you going to learn to love yourself? Listen to me, you need a declaration. You need a declaration. Let me give you some examples. Psalm 139. I created you and formed you before you were in your mother's womb. I made the days for you before you were formed in your mother's womb. That's a declaration. For you to read about yourself and remind yourself, and you may go, this really sounds weird. This sounds kind of new agey. This sounds like you're getting over into some kind of, because it's all about me. No, 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 no. Listen to me. You can't love God if you don't love what God created. And God created you. you. Are you hearing me? You need some declaration. To not claim and be overly confident and prideful. That's not the point. But the point is not to lessen God's creation with words like this. Come on, this I'm in your head right now, you ready? Oh, you're so stupid. God, I can't believe I said that. Moms? Come on. There's not a mom in here that doesn't battle mom guilt. It's not looking at other moms and trying to life hack because you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. And I feel like, did we do this right? I don't know. My husband blew up. Is that going to warp them forever? Like we're, we're all battling this. You need some declarations that are God's word about you. So let me just share something very, very personal. I have a creed that I read. I try to read it every day. If you come into the church office, there's a little bookshelf right here by where I sit. It's taped right here on the bookshelf. And this is my creed. Any of you want it, I'll email it to you. You can steal it and then change it and write your own for whatever is pertinent for your life. But you need something to remind you who you are. Because you are struggling loving God and you're struggling loving other people. Because you don't love you. Here's my creed. It's what I try to read to myself every day. Jesus is first in my life. I exist to serve and glorify him. I love my wife and my kids and I will lay down my life to serve them. My children will serve God and love him with their whole hearts. I will nurture, equip, train and empower them to do more for God's kingdom than they can possibly imagine. I am growing closer to Jesus every day. I am anointed, equipped, empowered, and called to reach people who are far from God. My words, thoughts, and imaginations are under the power of Christ. I take all thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ. I wake up with purpose, direction, meaning every day of my life. I love people. Come on, you got to just say that one sometimes. I love people and I believe the best about others got to say that one sometimes too I am disciplined Christ in me is stronger than the wrong desires in me I am anointed creative, innovative focused and blessed beyond measure because the Holy Spirit dwells within me I equip leaders it's not something I do it's who I am I bring my best and then some it's what I bring after I do my best that is making the biggest difference. The world will be different and better because I serve Jesus today. I am a servant of the Most High God. Listen to me. You need a declaration. Are you hearing me, somebody? You need a declaration. And if you will get a declaration and begin to, let's just maybe start with like yourself. Maybe you don't love yourself. Let's, let's at least start with like, Right? But the more comfortable you become in your own skin and who God's created you be in loving yourself, the more you're going to be able to agape God and agape people. And I just tell you right now, if we put together a group of people that start to get agape all right, Change the world. Absolutely change the world. That's the goal. It's my heart and my desire for you. So would you close your eyes for a moment? Let me pray for you today. The team's going to worship us out today, which I'm really excited about with your eyes closed I just for some of you today you feel far from God and maybe God showed you something today maybe he showed you why you feel a little bit far from God today maybe you don't have a love for God because you really have not known him yet and yet today he's kind of tugging on your heart you feel that you can, you can feel the Holy Spirit kind of pulling on you And saying, I would love to have a relationship with you. I I want you to love me the way I love you. Would you surrender your heart to me today? That I can help you fulfill the purpose and destiny that I have on your life. For some of us today, it's a struggle to love people because of our hurts and our baggage and our stuff. And today, would you choose, not feel, not feel, would you choose forgiveness? I choose today to forgive. I don't feel it. I still feel anger. I still feel frustration, all this. But I choose today in this moment to forgive that particular person. Or to forgive these certain people in my life. I choose that today. I want to walk in of love today. And then God, I need to ask your forgiveness. Because I've really been talking badly about your creation. Me. I've let the enemy in this world tell me all kinds of things about me that are just not true. So help me to come up with a new declaration that is based upon the way you see me. And the purpose and the destiny that you have on my life. So Father, would you meet us all where we, right where we are today. However you're speaking to whoever you're speaking to. For those today that need to give their heart to you for the very first time, would you meet them in that place and and make yourself known very real to them in this moment. For those of us who need to forgive, help us, God. It hurts. It really hurts. Jesus, you know how much it hurts. You felt it when you were here. We choose to forgive because you chose to forgive us. And then help us to claim the reality of who we are in you, a masterpiece. Fearfully, wonderfully made. Thank you, Jesus, for helping us today, for breaking down walls in our hearts today. We want to win at this thing called life, so send us out now to what God may love in a new way. you stand and let's worship you guys, we're going to worship about today. I want to challenge you to start now. Let's worship God and show him how much we love you. That silences the enemy. And praise be a weapon that conquers all anxiety. That Week. Have a great Let week. Faith be the song that overcomes the raging sea. Let faith be the song that comes the storm inside of me. Let it ride.